Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. We'll pray and get into the Word today. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we have an opportunity to look into your Word right now and we can learn about adding to our faith. So, Father, thank you that you help us to get this out clearly, Lord. It's our heart's cry to continually see people saved, established, and trained, Father. Thank you for your word that establishes us, Father God. There's nothing like the word of God. So, Father, I thank you that we have ears to hear, that you open hearts and ears, Father, and that this is revelation knowledge, and it helps to stabilize and cause people to be established, that we have fruitful and stable Christianity, and we thank you for that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here's our scriptures. We'll start off today. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now here's where we came up with our title, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. So that's just a portion. I'm going to read a little more scripture, but I'm going to just stop there. And if you notice in verse 6 and 7, when it talks about, and even 5, it says to add virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, uh, brotherly kindness, and love. So those are the things that it talks about adding to our faith. So there's actually things that the Bible says, so when we get born again, and we become Christians, it's wonderful that we have a measure of faith. God gives us a measure of faith when we get saved, and that is a wonderful thing. But then it's also interesting and important that we're told then we can add some things to our faith. We're going to look at that today. But before we do, you know, those things, obviously, when you look at them, you can see that there's conduct and behavior in there like the way that we act you see that in those verses you know so it reminded me of the story that we've told here probably a number of months ago maybe years ago but we talked about the cannon in the canoe okay so we we have a little picture of a cannon in a canoe you know that's what a cannon in a canoe looks like you know so and don't you like those cartoons like you you know like all those cartoons where those people you know know how they don't get killed so many times over but you know all this stuff they fall off a mountain you know and they get shot and something goes through them and there's you know they come back but this is one of those cases where (laughs) if that cannon goes off you know what's going to happen it's going to go you know and spin them in the water maybe not kill them but you know it's I, I like those funny things but cannon in a canoe it's not a good place to shoot a cannon from you kind of want to shoot a cannon from a warship, right? So this story came about my brother-in-law. He's married to Patsy's sister. 
when he was young, and he's always been a preacher and a very powerful one, but when he was young, he was told by an elderly woman, she goes, Mark, his name is Mark, you're like a cannon in a canoe. And she said, you know, cannons in a canoe just doesn't work. She was talking about his mouth and how powerful he was when he ministered. But then she, the canoe represented his behavior and conduct, which was not right. And she says, you really need to make sure your conduct and behavior is proper. You know, you need to kind of get a battleship or some kind of warship built before you start shooting off that cannon. So it's, it's really, that's a, a way that we can explain this portion of Scripture. It says, okay, thank God for faith, thank God for authority, but now it's saying you can add some things to that. So God is concerned about the whole picture. Where it's not just only about faith and authority and those wonderful things, but it's also about conduct and behavior and that also. So, you know, and some people, they want to pursue the power, but they don't really want to pursue the godliness. And then some people, they really pursue godliness and they mock, they mock the power. Well, we are not going to mock the power and we're not going to, we want both. We want, we want the power Thank God for the power, but we also want the godliness. And that's balanced Christianity, and God is pleased with balance, okay? So let's continue to read this in verse 8. It says, for if these things, those are the things that you add to your faith, if those things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For who he, for, sorry, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his own sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things though you know and are established in the present truth yes i think it is right as long as i am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you so very important portion of scripture and uh, as christians we want to make sure we preach the whole counsel of god and always stay balanced so we we have actually had a lot of people healed. We have demonstrations of power, and we're, it's wonderful, but we also want to preach the whole counsel of God, and we want to look into these things. So if we summarize what that says right there, I'm going to just read off a summary of everything that just said. These are the benefits of adding those things to our faith. So here they are. It says we'll be fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, very important. We avoid spiritual short-sightedness and blindness, very important. We always remember we were cleansed of our sins, very important. We make our calling and election sure, very important. We won't stumble. And then lastly, our entrance into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord Jesus will be abundant. Those are like really important and wonderful things. You know, and it reminds me, I, I, for a season, my brother... Uh, he's uh, eight years younger than me. I, I had like six brothers, and five are alive. So my brother that was eight years younger, he went off for a season, and he started going to bars and drinking, and he started going into 
you know, he got involved with prostitutes. He backslid bad, you know. And, and so when this talks about, like, forgetting, where it says uh, that if we do those things, we'll always remember we were cleansed of our sins, I can't tell you how thankful from the deepest part of my heart that I'm glad that my brother turned around before he lived that way for so long that he started to get short-sighted. But he told me one time, he was sitting in a bar drinking, and he had these people around him, and he said, hey, I shouldn't be here. I'm a born-again Christian. Jesus is my Lord. I don't know why I'm doing this, but he said, you guys, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and so he, he even right in the middle of that, the Lord was speaking to him. You know, you just can't escape the Lord once you accept him, you know. So my brother's back. He's, he's married now. He's got a new baby on the way, kind of like later in life because he's like, uh, I don't know, 50-something years old, but his wife's a little younger. But he's got two, he's going to have two children. He's back in church, and I thank God for it. But you know, when we add these things to our faith, it stabilizes us. The Bible says that it even gets us to where we won't stumble. That's, that's huge, okay? So with that in mind, you know, I thought of this illustration, you know, uh, because these things ensure that our life on the earth are going to be fruitful and our entrance into heaven is going to be abundant. So this illustration, like, uh, I grew up in Ohio right below Lake Erie, and I grew up, they call it the lake effect, and the lake effect is like the, the cold winds. It's right below Canada there, so the cold winds come down from Canada, and they go over the lake, and it causes different kind of weather problems. It, so we had a lot of cold, a lot of wind, and a lot of snow where I grew up. And so because of all the snow on the pavement, they would put salt there to melt the snow so it's safer to drive. But the salt then, it gets up into your bottom of your car and it rusts out the, the car, the panels get rusted and then eventually they'll get, they'll be like holes, rusty, ugly holes that go all the way through the car. That's what happens where I grew up. Now I, th I guess they've improved and ma they're making cars that don't do that as bad and they may have changed the salt and have a different makeup of the salt but um, that's the way it was when I grew up. So my father always said, when you go to get your car repaired, make sure you go to the right place because some of these guys, they're just in it for the money and they'll just put a little bit of plaster there and sand it and then paint it and then like a couple months down the road, it falls out and then there's your big rusty hole again. He said, so you really need to get that stuff fixed under the surface, at the root, so it's fixed the right way and it lasts. And then, you know, that is the way that God does us. He fixes us up at the root. Okay, so this came into my heart like true and lasting change. It, started under, it starts underneath the surface. Like I can see your faces and you can see me, but like, you know, there's things going on in your heart. Even right now as the word is being preached, God is speaking to you in a deeper place. And, and he'll speak, he can speak, he's so awesome that the same words coming out of my mouth, he can take that by his Holy Spirit and he can make it different for every single person here. And he's doing that around all of Australia and around everywhere where the word is being preached. God is so awesome that he can take that and tailor make it to, to minister to each person and he's doing that right now. He's so awesome that way. But this true and lasting change, it starts deep and underneath and so we have that going on. So I just have these things that, you know, just to remind us, first of all this, that religion, it only supplies cosmetic or temporary change, okay? But Christianity now, it imparts permanent change, okay? That's the difference there. Religion will cover up problems, 
okay? But Christianity will expose and solve problems. And, and it's a wonderful thing with Christianity. In his light, we see light. So like when you have a situation going on, and instead of condemning yourself and beating yourself, you get in the presence of God, and in his light, you see light. He gives you light to get out of it. I, I love that about him what we have praise God and then um, then religion is powerless to fix the root of problems but Christianity solved the problem at the roots that's it's so wonderful so God you know he, he fixes these problems at the root it's not surface it starts on the inside it works to the outside that's Christianity so even what happened with that testimony with Rosalie with healing like God was working in the parent and she decided, okay, now everything starts on the inside with Christianity and it works its way out. The Bible even says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So that, that mother, she just had a revelation. She said, I'm going to stand on the word and I'm gonna, we're going to use our authority right now. And she did it. And she took that step. But that he healing starts on the inside and it works to the outside. We can even say, you know, sometimes people get a little nervous if you use the word prosperity. Now, the only reason I'm not going to back off of that word, now there's greed and there's things that like over excessive stuff and greed, that's, that's wrong. But the Bible has the word prosperity in it. And so it wouldn't be right to not say the word prosperity, but it, the Bible talks about the love of money is the root of all evil and all that, so we don't love it. Uh, it's just a, a thing that, it's a currency thing that we need, but uh, prosperity, in other words, when we prosper, it always starts on the inside and it works its way out because when we get the word of God, we start to get revelation knowledge and we start to understand and that starts working on the inside. And then eventually it'll work where we start talking different, we think different, we talk different and we apply faith and all those kind of things and it turns situations around. So all of these self-image and identity, like how you see yourself, uh, like if you understand your identity, who you are in Christ, it's not gonna start out there like, you know, the world, they, they do everything on the outside. So, you know, I guess some of the movie stars spend a million dollars on their body just to, you know, get it all rearranged and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, it doesn't, with God, he gets on the inside. It's, 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 by, it's grace, it's free. And, you know, it's kind of like, I make a joke about it, but when we lived in Singapore, oh, that Asian food is so good, you know. And so... I, I, I had a stomach that was out to here in Singapore, and I didn't eat. I told my, Patsy, when I looked in the mirror, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because, I mean, in my eyes, I was beautiful. But, you know, I, I went, but I had to make a, for health reasons, I had to change my habits, and I, and, my, and I had to do something and lose some weight. But I was just saying, you know, when you have a good, when you see who you really are and get secure in Christ, man, you look good to yourself. I look in the mirror going, wow, look at that, Arnold. And, and, everyone, and everyone else was saying the Pillsbury Doughboy or whatever. Ever say, I don't know if that ever came here, the Pillsbury. Anyway, I had the pastoral role, you know. But anyway, so self-image and identity. 
you know, it starts on the inside and it works out. And then even right behavior. So what we're going to look at today has to do with conduct and behavior. But we have to know that anytime we get into this in Christianity, if we don't watch it, we'll get legalistic. We'll kind of go back and we'll get, and, and it, what it does is it beats people up. It makes them very discouraged and they feel like hopeless. And what we, Christianity shouldn't do that to you. It's, what did Jesus say? He said, my burden is what? And my yoke is what? And so that's Christianity. So anytime we get into this, we always want to remind ourselves, you know, when it comes to godliness and, and right behavior, it's still under grace, and there's, we're empowered more than we are. It's kind of like in the Old Testament, they had a lot of do's and don'ts, and they couldn't do any of them. Everything he said to do, they didn't, and everything he said don't do, they did. Because they had no supernatural assistance with Christianity, there is supernatural assistance, and it makes a difference. Okay, so these seven things, the Bible talks about adding seven things. I'm going to look at one of them today, and my wife has the great task of looking at all of them next week. <laughs> we'll be praying for you during the week. <laughs> um, so, but just some thoughts about this here, that none of us, including myself, if when we start talking about godliness and right conduct, I would be... If I start examining myself, I've been lazy at times. I've wasted time. You know, sometimes people think you're, all, you're up there and you're, you're doing such a good job teaching. Pre you must be so great. And, well, you don't understand that when God's anointing comes on me, he assists me to get the word out, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm flesh and blood like you, and I have to live Christianity out like everyone else. I don't have any special advantage because I'm called to be behind a pulpit. So I, I, I have to make sure I don't waste time. I have to make sure I don't get lazy. And I have to make sure I don't make the same mistakes everyone else makes. So when we start talking about right conduct, we have to know that, that you, if you start looking behind, it never does good for anybody to start going back into their past so, so every time I start, you know, when I think about my conduct, my behavior, this always gets in my heart. It's forgetting those things that are behind and reaching unto the things that are before. It's always really important for every Christian when we start talking about these things, you don't want to go backwards because it doesn't do any good. You want to go forward. And the way that you go forward is you forget what's back there. So that means like whatever happened yesterday, forget it. It's time to go forward, okay? It doesn't do good to examine our past, okay? So here's, let's look at these. Here's what we're going to get into real quickly. Second uh, Peter 1 and verse 5, it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So that's the King James Version. It says, add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge. And then here it is in the New American Standard Version. Uh, and, and actually, if you look in the Greek, this is a good translation of it. This version ha has been known to be accurate. So it says, now for this very reason also, applying all diligence. Now see how it's worded here. In your faith, supply moral excellence. In your faith, supply. In other words, it's not of you. You can't drum it up. They tried it in the Old Testament. They couldn't do it in the Old Testament. It's in your faith. In other words, when you get saved, God imparts his life into us. We get God's life in us. We can't do it on earth. And so I like that wording, in your faith, then in that place, that's where moral excellence can come out of, inside out. I love that. Okay, so we're gonna look at this a little bit. So first thing, consider that Peter was he was writing to people that were saved, 
Uh, he's not talking to unsaved people. He's talking to saved people. And then he doesn't challenge them to work hard in order to be saved, but he says be diligent because you are saved. So this is all for all of us that are Christian. The Bible tells us if you're a Christian, be diligent because you're saved. Okay, and we read the benefits on, on why that would be good. So with this in mind, okay, um, let's just maybe give another illustration here. Like if you wanted to go into a dark room and there wasn't electricity and you got an old lantern, those old lanterns that have a candle that, you know, that have a, you know, a wick with maybe oil in the bottom and you went into here and you lit that, it, it's on the inside. The light is lit on the inside and then as soon as it is lit on the inside, it starts to shine out. So you can go into a dark room and that candle or wick on the inside is making light go out. Or we could even say that when it's lit, men, women can see the light. It's coming from the inside. That's kind of how Christianity is. Things, they start on the inside and they work out. It's like we were in darkness and we were dead. We get saved and now we're in light and we're alive. It's wonderful. And uh, so with all this in mind, here's some thoughts about this. So Christ okay, is first in us before he is on us. Okay, the first thing, and I, I remember that wonderful day when I confessed Jesus is my Lord and he got in me. Hallelujah. And I know you, any Christians in here, you remember that wonderful day that you confessed Jesus is Lord and he got in you. Okay, so that's, that's the first thing. But then, after that, then it's, you know, just building on this, divine grace first puts Christ in us. It's by grace, okay? Then, the, the result of that, which then empowers us to put Christ on. So, you know, there, there's a couple scriptures that say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on, you know, but you can't put on by yourself. They couldn't put Christ on in the Old Testament. Of course, he wasn't, he wasn't there yet, but nonetheless, they could not they could not do what God said to do in the Old Testament because they, they were not, they were not, I was going to say unregenerate. I don't know if everyone understands that word. But in other words, they weren't born again. They got regenerated. They got saved, okay? So we can't do this ourselves. And then the last thing here is that Christ is first in our hearts by faith before he is in our lives as holiness. See that? He's first in our hearts by faith before he is in our life as holiness. In other words, you can't do it yourself. You, you, he, has to go on, he has to get on the inside first. And him on the inside is what gives us the ability for the outside to be different. So when it says in your faith, okay, in your faith, the way that, that scripture reads again, I'll read it one more time, in your faith, supply moral excellence. The supply comes from within. It doesn't come from your, you know, your strong will. I have a strong will. You know, there are people that can do that. Before I was saved, I was a bodybuilder. And I, I was, I, in that area, I had a strong will. And I trained, and I, I ate this certain diet, and I lifted, and I, you, know, you build your muscles. And I had a strong will there. But, you know, most amazing thing is when I got saved and got into the realm of the spiritual things, I saw that my strong will with bodybuilding just didn't work in the realm of the spirit. Just, it did not translate over, you know, and I needed supernatural assistance, okay? And so, uh, 
So this whole thing that we're talking about here, like look, let's look at a scripture and see a different way to say it. Colossians 1.28, it says, we proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. And then toward this goal, I also labor struggling according to his power that powerfully works in me. So what is that really saying? It's, I know it's a lot of uh, you know, wording there. Verse 28, Paul the Apostle saying, my whole job is to labor to present every person in Christ to be mature. So as, I mean, every church, that should be, the goal of this church should be that we labor to present every single person mature in Christ. That's what, why we exist, one of the reasons. So the Bible says, you know, the Bible says study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of God. You know, it's, it's, it's important, study, rightly divide the word. You know, Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. You love me, feed my sheep. You know, it's very big with God to feed uh, and do those kind of things. And so Paul is saying, that's what we're here for. You know, that's what I'm here for. But then in verse 29, he says, toward this goal, I also labor struggling according to his power that works in me. In other words, Paul himself, he wanted to be everything he could be, and he gives us the key. He says, it's the power working in me. It's, it's not something from the outside. You know, it's not, you know, it's, it's not uh, putting on makeup, which is good for makeup to go on, you know. <laughs> It's not a certain kind of haircut. It's not, you know, uh, designer clothes that cost three and four hundred dollars for a little t-shirt kind of thing. It's, it's not, th th that's all nice and hey, if you can do that, fine. But what he's saying, is, it's all about the inside. It's the heart and it's what's going on on the inside. That's what it's all about. God, so he said, God, he said that power, it powerfully works in me. And he said, my labor and my struggle is according to that power. So what is he saying? Is he saying, I am cooperating with what's going on in me. I'm cooperating with that. So when it says like, in your faith, supply moral excellence, what that is saying is like, we need to cooperate with what's going on on the inside. So maybe an easier illustration, and um, we've used this illustration here probably a number of times, but it's hard to improve on it. So there was a guy that was a pastor, and then he had a lady in his church that wasn't saved, and then he would have guest speakers in, and as the guest speakers came, she would always come up and say, you know, I want to be a Christian, but I, I like to go to the dance. I want to go dance. She, so she said, if I become a Christian, can I dance? And the minister would always say, no, you can't go to the dance. If you, she goes, oh, okay, then she doesn't get saved. So there was this one wise minister that came through that church, and she came up and said, hey, if I become a Christian, can I still go to the dance? And the minister said, if you become a Christian, you can dance all you want to. And she goes, ah. So she sent she sincerely accepted Jesus as her Lord. Months down the road, that minister returned back to the church and saw the young lady that got saved. He goes, hey, you know, have you been dancing since you got saved? And she goes, funny thing, once I got saved, I never wanted to dance again. You see, it starts on the end. God changes your want to. Your desires get changed. 
And so when it says add to your faith, when, remember it says like you add these things because if you don't, you'll get short-sighted blindness. You, you know, you want to add these things. In other words, some, some people that are Christians, they'll think, man, you know, when I first got saved, I, my desires totally changed. And I, but man, like after all these years sometimes, I don't feel like, I don't feel that way. Here's the answer. It says add to your faith. You, you, wanna, you might have to take, like, you might have to take a step, you know, and I, when I say take a step back, I don't mean examine yourself. I mean realize what that scripture says. You want to add these things to your faith. It makes all the difference in the world. So here's what this guy from Scotland says. His, uh, and I, he was a, a very respected minister. His name is Alexander McLaren. And uh, I love those guys from Britain. There's just, there was a season where these British guys they wrote so beautifully and it had so much depth and he's one of these guys uh, from, the, from the, the Great Britain area. He says, we may have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us to take all that we want. If a man is admitted into the bullion vault of a bank and told to help himself and comes out with one cent, Whose fault is it that he is poor? Life and godliness are now our permanent possession, having been given by pure grace. Maybe you are thinking just now that you really don't have what it takes to make it in this life. Peter says that God's power gives us what we need to experience real life in a way that pleases him. God wants to affect every area of our lives, work, marriage, and family, relationships, church, and community. And then he asked this question, how can you make God's power operational in your experience? And then he answers his own question. Peter says that it comes through the knowledge of him who called us. So it's kind of like, you know, we get saved and God's life gets imparted to us. The Bible says he puts his laws into our hearts and mind, but then he gives us his written word, and his written word tells us everything that he did in us and for us and what he can do through us. So that written word is like a road map. It explains who you are in Christ, what God did in you, what God will do through you, what God does for you. It's, it's a wonderful thing. So it's that. So, so when Paul talks about, I, he says, my, I'm struggling in my labor is that power that works in me. See, we can't escape from the power that's in us. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, it's like a, there's a hook that goes into you. And even when you try to wander away, and some people wander away, I, my brothers, I had two brothers that wandered away for years, but they still couldn't escape, and it was like that hook was in them, and God eventually got them back. And both my brothers are back, praise the Lord. They just couldn't get away from God because once you get saved, he gets on the inside of you, and there's nowhere you can hide. <laughs> there's nowhere you can go. And the wonderful thing about God, is he does it all with love, not guilt, not condemnation. He's not pointing his finger at you he doesn't have a fly swatter wanting to hit you but he keeps loving you he, and his love will change us he keeps pursuing us and we just can't seem to escape from his pursual he does uh, he's wonderful so this whole thing like with cooperating with god just to close up today these ways that we can cooperate with God. Here's one thing, and I know it's really simple, but let's, let's just talk about some simple things here. What we can do to 
cooperate with the power in us. Here's the first thing. Uh, it's just simply feed on the Word. Feed on His Word. First Peter 2, in verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. The only thing we can find in the New Testament that causes us to have spiritual growth is His Word. You know, his word is what brings growth. His word points us to him all the time. And his word explains us to him all the time. But the growth comes from his word, okay? And so it's really good to feed. Now, every time we start talking about this, you know, I, I had this perfectionist personality, especially when I got saved. It, it's gotten a lot better. You just have to have a few kids, and that'll knock some of that perfection out of you. You know, you, you know, my family kind of was tormented with that. So this one, these, my two brothers that backslid talk about them. You know, they have a car, and then you have floor mats to protect your carpet. But they, they put towels, like you dry yourself, those kind of towels, on top of their floor mats to protect their floor mats. And, and it's like, and I wasn't even allowed. My brother wouldn't even let me drive his car. He said, you stay out of my car. You know, it's like they're, we're talking perfectionists. My brother Mike, now, we were, me and Patsy were at his house, and she was, we were standing up eating cereal. One, we slept there one night uh, years ago, and she was ready to put a, a cereal bowl on his kitchen counter. Before it hit the countertop, he had it. He rinsed it out and put it in the dishwasher, and he, he didn't want anything on the countertop. If you go out to eat with my brother Mike, it's like he starts rearranging like the table, you know, the salt and pepper and all. Everything has to be just perfect. His forks. And then he'll reach across. He's lined up my fork and my knife. It's like my brother Mike. That's our family. I wasn't that bad. I wasn't like, you know, monk, like that, that obsessive compulsive or whatever that is. But so you understand when you're like that and you have... So then when I got saved... Oh, we did some funny things. So we're, we're down, we went, moved a thousand miles ago to Bible school. So I decided that we were going to go on a big fast and we were going to stay in the Word eight hours. It was in the middle of the summer in Oklahoma. And you, we, we were in this apartment. And every, every time we looked out the window, everyone was at the swimming pool, swimming. And I told my brother, we're going to fast and pray eight hours a day. We're going we're gonna to fast so many days, but we're going to pray and study the Word eight hours a day. And my brother's like thinking, oh, man, <laughs> you know, he's four years younger than me. Well, I think I lasted a couple hours. <laughs> but the bad thing about the perfectionist, the perfectionist personality is once I didn't last, then I just thought, forget it all. You know, that's the way the perfectionist can be. If I can't do what I wanted to do and I can't, then forget it. And so when we talk about this kind of thing, you, if you have that kind of personality, you can't let this make you feel under condemnation. So when it, we say feed on the word, and then what if you don't feed on the word? Are you going to beat yourself and get condemned? Well, that's counterproductive for fruitful and happy Christianity. So the, the way to answer the question is everyone just needs to, to start somewhere. So like I found out that I could not do, I always wanted to do it for an hour, then I want, you know, and I just found out, hey, if I can just feed one verse of scripture and one word from God can change your life. So, so you know, like just do your best to feed, but if you don't feed uh, uh, for one day, don't beat yourself. So feed on the word. That's how growth comes. The second thing is you want to say what the Bible says about you. 
And we did that. We said some, we had some confessions already today, but you want to say what the Bible, so you feed on the word, but you want to also say what the Bible says about you. And that, in, in such a practical way, like, you know, you can come up for prayer at church and you could say, I, I have a financial situation. Can you just pray for me and agree? We, we could, somebody up here can pray and agree with you. You can walk out the door, get in the car, and you could tell your husband or your wife or your kids, man, I just don't know how we're going to do it. We don't have any money. Well, you, you just had a prayer that God would come through and meet your needs, but then you just drove away and you immediately say, I don't know how we're going to do it. We don't have any money. You just were counterproductive on what you just prayed. So not only do we feed on the word, but we want to say and talk in line with the word. And, and uh, sometimes we all slip, and, you know, and that's why we have our wife or the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And then the last thing today is that we can pray in the Holy Ghost. And look at this scripture, Jude 20, and the worship team, you can come. Jude 20, it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I love that scripture, you know, because it says, it says that we can actually build ourselves up when we pray in the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, first of all, know this. If you're sitting in here today and you're a Christian, but you're not filled with the Spirit and you speak in tongues, know this, you're still going to heaven. So no, no pressure on anybody that doesn't, isn't filled with the Spirit. But then on the other side of the coin, I, I know the benefits and how wonderful being filled with the Spirit has been in my life. So I know that sometimes, like, I'll start praying, and sometimes you don't feel, I mean, we all are the same way. We don't feel like praying but sometimes I'll start off and I'll start praying and you know your flesh wants to stop real quick but I just love the times that I thought well I'm not going to listen to my flesh and I'm going to continue praying and there is a place that you can get when you pray in the Holy Ghost it's like a river it's like this this flow and this river that just comes from heaven and goes through you and then it, it almost gets to where that you don't want to stop praying and I really encourage if you've never had that happen as a Christian oh the first time that it happens where you just get into God's presence and you just get into that prayer flow and he's just praying and it's just coming right through you, it's the most wonderful thing. And in that place, man, you get, God speaks to you. You get, you get things from heaven. It's, it's wonderful. So we have a, a, a skillful ministry team that knows how to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. So if today when we dismiss, we'll have our ministry team up here. And if you want to get prayer and they can help you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it'll be a great blessing in your life. Okay, Father, I thank you so much for your word today. And Father, before we leave, we want to just make sure that every person here, uh, they, they know Jesus as Lord. Father, it's, it's the most important thing that we, we know where we're going to be in eternity. So Father, I thank you that you speak to every person in this room. If there be a person that they don't know if they die where they're going to be father thank you for speaking to them father that you make it really clear to them that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to lose and it's better to gain heaven and miss hell father thank you for your goodness that you sent your son jesus to die for us father i thank you that when jesus was on the earth he said i am the way i am the truth and i am the life no man can get to the father god except through me and by me. Thank you for making that clear to everyone in this room today that Jesus is the only way. There's not multiple ways. There's not more than one way, but Jesus is the way 
And Jesus said to us, you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. Thank you for speaking to people's hearts today by your Spirit, Lord, making your word clear, tugging and pulling on hearts, tugging and pulling them toward you and into the kingdom, Father, by your love. Thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. With eyes closed now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And this is the prayer, if you're with us today and the Holy Spirit's really speaking to you and you feel that tug going on, he's saying, like, I love you, my son died for you, and you feel, you feel that tug, we're going to pray the prayer that will get you in to the kingdom of God right now. So all you have to do is, like, it's good to close your eyes and concentrate and pray this from your heart right now. So let's do this together. Uh, you can say this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You shed your blood for me. You went to hell for me. You took my sins. You did that for me. Because of that, Jesus, I call you Lord and I believe God raised you from the dead. You are welcome in my heart. Thank you for loving me. And your love toward me, your love for me, I just want to reach back out to you with love. I love you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen. With eyes just closed a couple more seconds, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I'm going to give you this great opportunity before God and man that you can raise your hand and say, Pastor Tony, I prayed that prayer and I just want to declare before God and man that I, I'm, I'm now in the kingdom of God and Jesus is my Lord. So I'm going to look around the auditorium. You can raise your hand and if you could please raise it high so we can see it because uh, we just want to rejoice. The Bible actually says all the angels in heaven rejoice when one person comes to the Lord. Uh, so we're going to look around here and see if, is anybody prayed that prayer today have you accepted Jesus as Lord just looking around the auditorium well wonderful if you did pray that prayer and you didn't want to raise your hand just let somebody know you every you can all stand up today and as we're standing up let's all just say this if you'll say this together with me then we'll sing as we go but uh, why, why don't we say this together thank you father you're working in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure. I acknowledge your life in me. I acknowledge your power in me. I want to work with your power. Cooperate with your power. You make me want to do good because you're good. Thank you, Father, for imparting your character into me, your life into me. I thank you that goodness is on the inside of me. Thank you for the fruits of the Spirit. I declare he's working on the inside, and it's surely showing on the outside. Thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, 
please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.